every day you wake up in the morning and you ask yourself this simple question. Is the action I'm doing empowering me towards the goals and my ideal life? Or is the action I'm doing inhibiting me? Hello and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. I am on a mission to scour the globe to find and interview the most brilliant mindset coaches, sales strategists, and business leaders alive, and present them in a way that landscapers, hardscapers, and outdoor living pros can immediately put them into use to grow and thrive. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 27 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, and today I have Michael Cohen on. He's a certified life coach. Uh, he's also founded the Elevate Life Project, and he has a, the Elevate Life Project podcast. So this guy is really into... Uh, helping people with positive mindsets, you know, correct, connecting like a rejuvenating outlook for them for the future, uh, focusing on you know, physical and spiritual and all those pieces put together. Uh, I brought him on the show because what he focuses on and specializes in is, is how to find your purpose, how to get deeper into who you are and why you're here. And I know for me in my journey, that's been, uh, it's been a bumpy road in the beginning. I didn't know where I was. I was very much dr a drifter when it comes to knowing what I was doing and why I was doing it. I just knew I just kept doing things to try to make more money, thinking that that would solve the problem, make me happy. And the problem was it didn't. So finding my purpose, digging deeper, doing the personal deep work that needed to be done was absolutely worth but every single second that I invested over the last roughly 10 years in doing that. But I tell you, it can be lonely at times. And we talk about that. We talk about breaking away from your known groups and your relationships to then foster a deeper understanding of who you are and what motivates you to be the best version of yourself. So that sounds like you guys, this podcast, this episode is going to be right up your alley. So enjoy it. Hey, Michael, I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast today. We're going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart because I've struggled with this throughout my life. And this is the subject of purpose. Like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why did God put me on this earth? And that's something that I've struggled with a lot in my life, you know, and I've had to adjust that as I've grown. I'm 45 now, and that's that's changed a lot. But everyone talks about you should know your purpose. You should know your mission in life. You should know all this stuff. And dude, it didn't come easy to me to understand what that was. And I'd love that's why you're on here today. I took a look at your website and like, this is your jam talking about purpose. So my goal today is to have a conversation with you to help you unpack that topic. So any of the listeners out there that are struggling like I did for most of my adult life, that you can help them find their way to their purpose and mission. Because I know now that I have it, there is nothing more clarifying and uh, confidence building than knowing why God put you here. So Michael, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. And I'm going to try not to mess up my camera. And I'm going to try not to fidget too much because this is a topic I love talking about. But I also have at times controversial theories behind purpose and passion that go against the grain of a lot of American philosophy of how to live a successful life where, you know, the idea is like, you know, find your purpose and you'll never work a day in your life. And whenever I hear things like that, I, a lot of times I just want to vomit. Yep. And it started when I was like 12, when I started to think about this. And I can get into that right away if you want. Go for it, man. Jump right in. The journey began of me trying to ask the questions of spirituality. Like spirituality to me is... Who am I? Am I living a good life? Does my life have meaning? And how am I making the world better than I have received it? And it started when I was probably 12, but really I started to really think about it when I was 15 years old. And when I was 15 years old, I had one of those after school summer jobs that wasn't the easiest summer job. I worked for my neighbor's construction company slash lumber yard slash carpentry company. And it was 15 years old and I was making really good money for 15 years old at this time. This was 20, 30 years ago. I was making eight bucks an hour, which minimum wage I think at that time was three bucks an hour in New Jersey. So it was a great job. And every day I'd go into this job after school and in the summertime and most of the people around me were in horrible moods. They just felt like they were in dead end jobs. 
except for this one individual who would come in every day whistling and smiling. And I always would love working with him. Mm. And after a while, when I got to know him, I asked him this question. And I said, what's the difference between you and everybody else? Everybody else seems to always be in a bad mood that somehow because they're like doing manual labor, this was the, the 90s, that they yeah. somehow aren't doing well in life. And he looked at me and he said, well, two things. He goes, one, I choose to be in a good mood. I don't have to be in a good mood, but I choose to do what's harder. And what's hard is for me to wake up every day and feel good about my life and then and go about my day. And the second thing he said to me goes, what I'm doing for a living right now isn't my purpose. This gives me the ability to earn a living so I can fulfill my purpose. And I was like, well, what's your purpose? What? Never heard of that before. He said, well, my purpose is to be a good father, a good neighbor, and a good husband. And this job gives me that ability. Mm. And that carried with me for the rest of my life. And I always asked myself what that meant to me. When I graduated from college, I wanted to do what I'm doing for a living now. But everybody told me, no, get a job, do something safe, right? So I ended up getting a job working in corporate real estate for 15 years. I was making $250,000 a year. Lived in New York City. I was 30 years old. Right? This was 15 years ago, right? $250,000 15 years ago was like a half a million dollars at 30. Mm. I didn't have a dollar in my savings account and I was miserable. And it wasn't because of what I did for a living. It was because I wasn't living my purpose. And so I quit my job at 32 years old and I went on that journey. What I do for a living, the platform I'm on right now, gives me the ability to do my purpose. And my purpose is really simple. I help other people live their best lives. Now I can be a life coach or I can be a softball coach. It doesn't matter what I do. It's how I apply what I do to that purpose that I try to fulfill. Does that all make sense? It does. And I love how you've so eloquently simplified something that we oversimplify quite often or sorry, overcomplicate quite often. Always. And you know, like, it's like this idea I get, I really struggle with, with coaching because I get a lot of people when I'm coaching clients who want to quit their job because they think that that's how they're going to be millionaires, that they're not happy in their job because they can't control their life. And somehow starting their own job means they're going to control their lives. And somehow if they don't, you know, do these things, they're somehow a failure. And every time they kind of tell me these things, and a lot of times they end up not wanting to work with me, I tell them they're out of their minds because I own my own company and I love what I do for a living, but I work six days a week. Mm -hmm. I love what I do for a living, but I'm not in control of my life because if I'm not working, I'm not seeing clients. If I'm not seeing clients, I'm not making a living, right? Finding that, that vision for your life does not mean that you have to be self-employed. There are plenty of people that I coach who have blue collar jobs. I mean, one of my clients is a carpenter. One of my clients is a landscaper. One of my clients is a plumber and they make more money than the guys that are lawyers and doctors. Mm -hmm. And it's the reason what makes them feel good about their lives. Isn't that what they do for a living? It's how they're, what they do for a living gives them the ability to have meaning through their lives, whether they're active in their church or synagogue or temple or mosque or they're members of their community, or they just have more time to spend with their wife and kids. Yep. Everything in our lives isn't about how much we acquire. It's about how good of a life that we live. What happens though is we have this tendency, because as humans, right, we have this tendency to be group oriented, right? We want to belong. We want to be part of an organization. So we have a tendency to compare ourselves to other people in this world where we see people that drive maybe a nicer car than we have. We see people that have a nicer house than we have. We see people that have nicer vacations than that we have. So in, instead of living below our financial means, so we have more time to live a quality life, we buy things that we do not need. We drive cars that we do not need to drive. And we go on vacations that we can't afford so that we then have to work twice as hard to pay for everything that doesn't give us 
anything but more stuff. Mm. And when I was on that spiritual journey, and one of the things I was doing at one point was end of life uh, counseling, where I would go and sit with people who were on their deathbed and they didn't have anybody around, they didn't have friends and family. And not one of them ever said to me, I wish I worked more. I wish I earned more money. They all said, I wish I took more chances. They all said they wish they loved more. They all said they wish they traveled more. They all said that they wish they spent more time with friends and family. That's really all we really need to do in life. That's right. And when we have those things, friend, family, some adventure, then everything else around us doesn't matter, right? All that stuff. And that's what takes us away from what we're trying to do with our lives. I love that, dude. You so beautifully said that again. And it's so true. You know, I know on my journey, it's been, you know, up and down where when you're younger and you see everybody that's making it and successful, they go buy the bigger house, they buy the nicer cars, they they go on all those vacations. They, they want to show that money, right? They want to show right. the success, right? Because that's what we're taught to do. Look at Instagram, Facebook. That's what it is. We see it everywhere. And whether we like it or not, as you're scrolling through, you're feed and you just constantly your mind is comparing right it's robbing the joy of now it's robbing the joy of your life because you're comparing to somebody else that you're seeing in that video or that whatever it might be and that's the sad part right because each moment that they're stealing joy from you right you're not a victim but the point is each moment you're allowing that to happen within your mind that's a moment you don't get back right and at the end of the day does it really matter because you're right money is the lowest form of currency relationships are the highest form of currency right? Networking, getting connected to people, having a podcast with you, learning the stuff I'll learn today from you. That's a higher form than, than money would be. So when you talk to people that are late in life, that are ready to make the transition, you know, they look back and they said, well, what does money do? Money is supposed to give you choices, right? It gives you more choices, but it doesn't mean they're better or worse. Money can also steal a lot of your first, right? And once you have enough money, you can buy everything. And once you've done everything, what's first, right? We, we look forward to new things as humans, right? We look forward to a new place to travel. We look forward to a new experience in a vehicle. We look forward to, to, uh, you know, new experiences around us. We look forward to a lot of those things, but once you have it, then what, right? Then what? Yeah. I do struggle with social media, even though I have to use it for work. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we can talk about next if we want to, but I want to hone in on the idea of money. Money is not the root of all evil. There's this idea that somehow money is the root of all evil and we all have to suffer because if we suffer, we're going to have a better life in the next life. Whether we believe in incarnation or we believe in heaven or we believe in nothingness, somehow we believe that if we suffer more in this lifetime, we'll have a better life in the next life. I don't buy into that. I don't buy that you into the idea that you have to suffer. I don't buy into that belief. I think pain is a part of life. I think we all have pain because the absolute fundamental truth, I tell clients this all the time, the one absolute truth is you're going to die. I'm going to die. And everything around us one day will not exist. The house that you live in that you think is sound, will one day be destroyed, whether through human, hum, human progress or through mother nature. The car that you drive will one day be crushed and the body that you encompass will one day wither and decease. And because of that, everything that we have in this life, everything that we experience is a constant change. And when we get attached to a certain idea, a certain belief, a certain way of life, right? Right. Somehow that our lives are better if it's in this particular fashion, this particular format, this particular way, that that's where we'll be happy. And then if anything disrupts that idea, we suffer, right? Because we're holding on to something that is impermanent. At the same time, whenever we're struggling in life, right, whenever we're at this period in our lives where we're going through hardship, whether it's a stressful job or a disease in our body or uh, challenges in our relationship or a loss of something, we think that this is going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And so we suffer, right? Yeah. We don't have to suffer. We can look at our lives and understand that pain is part of it, just like joy. And understand that everything is an ebb and flow. As pain comes, 
so shall it leave. As joy comes, so shall that leave, right? So first we have to move away from this idea that we have to suffer and just throw it out away. And then the second idea is we have to understand that money is energy, right? From a spiritual standpoint, if we look at it from a Sanskrit, if we take it from a yogic standpoint, money translates as in yoga as the Sanskrit word Lakshmi, right? Lakshmi is the feminine aspect of divinity in a sense, source. So money is the feminine aspect of source, divine energy, light. So if that is what money is and it comes from source, then it's not bad. Money gives us the ability to live our lives, provide food, provide shelter. It's what we do with that money that determines whether it is good or bad. Do we take that money and we provide a rich life today while also preparing for a rich life for tomorrow, right? Basic financial common sense, live below our means, don't acquire a lot of debt, don't drive cars that cause us to suffer, right? Don't buy the $60,000 car with the $1,000 car payment if you make $100,000 a year, right? That's doesn't make sense. So that when you're in your 60s, you're making good financial choices, you can live a good life. At the same time, have a good life today, right? That's beautiful. And then take some of that money to provide for other people that are less fortunate. That's all noble, right? These are all how money can be a good thing. It's when we take that money and we sit here and we use it as a way to keep up with other people. That's when it becomes a lesser form of energy because it moves away from that spiritual sense to the material sense. Now, the idea of that is meaning you are a spiritual person. Whether you believe in God or you believe in another name of God or you believe in another form of energy, we are all spiritual beings. Money is given to us as a gift from that source so we can provide for our lives. It's what we do with that money that determines how well we live. The, I read this statistic six months ago, I think it was. The average self-made millionaire, meaning somebody who did not inherit a dime, average self-made millionaire makes less than $100,000 a year in America. Right? Mm-hmm. Why are they self-made millionaires? Because they understand that money is a tool that provide a good life for themselves while also saving for the future. Money is a tool. That's all it is. It's an exchange of energy. And so when we are attached to that idea of I have to hold on to this wealth, then we suffer. But when we have it with gratitude and we use it to live a good life, then we might have pain. But it causes us to live at that higher vibrational level. No, for sure. And there's responsibility with all of that too, right? So, you know, when it comes down to, to your point, money is no more than a tool. And it gives you choices, right? And so often we're taught that chasing money is is the goal. The more you have, the the better you are. And that's, you know, we all know that's bullshit deep down, but that's that's what we think. You know, at a certain point, I think it's about seventy five to one hundred thousand dollars of household income, then it starts not to become such a thing because your basic needs are now met. Now it's a matter of what are you gonna do with that? Um, but I, I've found out through life that you know, when you're chasing the material, right? Because when you first start out, you just think, when I have that thing, that house, that car, that business, that that thing, that physical object, then I will be happy. And when right. you get that thing, next thing you know, you're like, okay, got it. Happiness, eh, what's next? And you're constantly doing what we'd like to call the Alexander the Great scenario, where you're always trying to conquer something new to get that dopamine hit, to get that buzz back again, right? And be like, oh, well, I got this. Why well, my house that I have now isn't big enough. I need something bigger. And if you're doing it because you are looking at your friends or your surroundings or your social media content and saying, well, that's what success is, I hate to tell you guys out there listening, you're going to chase that thing forever. And you're never going to be satisfied with it all because you're chasing happiness. And happiness is an, not a, just as much of an illusion, but it, it, it leads to overindulgence. It leads to chasing a lot of things that aren't going to truly make you joyful, which is really what you're targeting. You're not targeting happiness. You're, ta- you're targeting a much deeper being and, and, and a way of being. And that's not in the happiness side because that comes and goes. Because you can have a drink, uh, you can have a beer, and that'll make you happy right. for a little bit. But 10 beers later, you're going to feel like shit. 
you can be like, Hey, I want to go to a restaurant and I'm going to have, you know, the biggest meal and you get there and you, you order the, the surf and turf and you're like, man, this is amazing and extra fries and extra this and extra that. And you sit down and you eat. Right. And then a half hour later, you feel like garbage and you're like, what? Right. I was happy to go. And all of a sudden I ate all this food and now I feel like crap because really you're, you're not trying to chase happiness, right? That, that's the thing. When people are pursuit of their life to chase happiness, that's another thing that about the, the American culture of uh, mindset is this idea of always chasing that happiness. And that's a very low form of a low bar to chase because of that, because it's not lasting, it's fleeting. So thinking well, through that and yeah. saying, okay, well, if you're going to focus on your purpose, right, a deeper meaning in life and what's your driving force, how do you suggest that people will start digging if, if all these other things are, are true, you know, we've talked about money, we've talked about, uh, you know, happiness and all that. If that's true, then how do you even start describing like the journey to get there? How do we define what that is? How do we know when we got it? Well, uh, well, the first thing that you have to do as a person is step one is you have to begin to step away from the weapons of mass distraction, right? Social media, which I just said before, I, I have, I have mixed emotions about the 24 hour news crap, yep. right? Movies, whether they're entertaining or not, television, they all are programmed for better or for worse to provide you with a certain level of negativity, right? As a human, we are negatively wired, right? It's part of the human condition for better or for worse, fight or flight, right? We are negative by default nature. So negativity is addictive, right? So that's why the news is always negative. That's why social media is always negative. Which why on some level, most TV shows and movies and drama are all about sex, drugs, and violence because it's addictive, yep. right? So step one is you have to move away from that negativity, right? You have to shut off the weapons of mass distraction. You have to find that space between the breath, right? What do I mean by the space between the breath, right? We wake up in the morning, we turn on the TV, we get it, we get our kids ready for work, school, we get ready for work. Most of us are now going back to work. So we're jumping in the car, we're racing through traffic, we're working all day, we come home, what do we do when we first walk in the door, we turn on the television, kids come home, they're running around, television's on, then we fall asleep in front of the TV, we no longer allow ourselves that introspection, that space. When we go out into public, Right When we go out into public and we're going to the grocery store, our headphones are on and we're looking at that fucking device. Everybody looks at me like a weirdo when I go into my grocery store, when I go into Target, when I go into Trader Joe's, when I go to the local bakery, because I say hi to people in line and I interact with people and people think I'm crazy because yeah. I know those human connections allow me to feel good about myself and stay away from those weapons of that, the mass distraction. So mm -hmm. we start with, we have to... Get away from those weapons of mass distraction to find the space, whether that's prayer, going out into nature, reading, or sitting in meditation, but just to get away from the noise. That's step one. So problem is step, before you get into step two here, I want to just have the listeners also think about this. And this is so often overlooked lyrics in songs. If you actually, listeners out there, if you listen to your songs that you listen to on the radio or on Spotify or wherever you listen to your music, and you actually pull up the lyrics and read what they're programming your mind for, it is yeah. crazy if you actually read the lyrics and not just, you know, because you can sing them, you can do all that stuff, but think about what's happening when you read those lyrics, and you're like, holy moly, they're talking about the devil here, they're talking about this, they're talking about raping that, they're talking about this, like... And you're singing this out loud. You're proclaiming it to the world, which you put it into motion, right? You're, you're and imagine what that's doing to your soul when you're when you're so deeply connected to it that you're willing to sing it out of your soul. Think about that. So my suggestion would be, or my my uh, challenge would be, some of your favorite songs you listen to. Look at the lyrics. Really get to know them and discover what they're trying to tell you. Some of them are going to be good. If you listen to Christian songs, or you listen to some of these different uh, artists, they're very good, clean, wholesome content in there but really do a deep dive into the kind of music you're listening to because that stuff oftentimes sits on the on like right on the surface where nobody really sees it and it constantly permeates you if you're not watching the news if you minimize your social media yet you're still listening to music and music is amazing it is such a gift but at the same time if well, it's trying to program two. you yeah if you're trying to program you 
and you can't figure out how you can't get out of this funk, you can't get out of this negative mindset, you may be just being programmed by the music that you're listening to every day without you even knowing it. I was blown away when I started actually watching and looking at the lyrics. I was like, I'm sorry. I think their artist, artist is amazing, but those lyrics, they, they are not true to my soul. It's, it's not, I'm not going to sing it anymore. I'm not going to be part of my singing was never any good, Michael. But my point is, you know, I'm not even going to allow it into my world because that is just another, like the news, like social media sometimes, it's that in the TV, there's that constant negativity, that distraction, that trying to pull you back into a controlled state. And that happens in music as well. So to try to challenge, I, I think you're going to be really surprised. I, I, that's agreed. I always tell clients that I'll, after step, after I'm like, find that space, all your thoughts begin to, once you find that space, once you go, you know, start to cut down that noise and you find the quiet where you're comfortable when you walk into a house and there's no noise and you can walk around your house and be comfortable with your thoughts, right? That, and be comfortable with what's going on inside your head. The next step is to begin to program your mind with positivity, right? And how do we do that? We do that through listening to music that raises our vibrations, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, good classical music or Christian faith music or yoga music, whatever music it is to raise our vibration. And then we listen to podcasts and audiobooks that allow us to raise our vibration that inspire us. All the time when I'm coaching a client, I'm always constantly like, listen to personal growth and business growth podcasts. And I'm constantly fighting with them to do that. None of them want to do it because they're like, oh, it's so triggering. I don't like this. I don't like that. I'm like, yeah, because it's getting clearing out the negativity inside you. Mm -hmm. And once you begin to get that inspiration, that positivity in your mind through hope, through prayer, through faith, through divine inspiration, that's when you can move into the next stage where your consciousness starts to, to go higher mm -hmm. and you start to feel those vibrations. That's where you begin to understand what does it mean for you to live your true self, your higher self, right? It isn't what you do for a living. That's a tool to provide you with the means to live your life. It's what does it mean for you to be authentic in whatever capacity. So step one, we get away from the noise the weapons of mass distraction, the negativity. Step two, we provide that space where we can hear our thoughts. We can find that inner self. Step three, we raise our vibrational self through music, through podcasts, through books to find that higher level of vibration. We get out into nature. And then step four is when we can begin to ask that question of who I am as a person, how I can live that authentic life. What does it mean for me to be my true self? And then once we figure that out, then we start to seek out other like-minded people. That's the hardest part is the next step. That's the part that most people struggle with is once we get to that space, we look around and we're all alone, right? Because now we're the odd person, right? Now we're the freak, right? Now no one gets us, right? I get, we, I get that in my life all the time. Like people think well, I'm weird because I want to go hiking on the weekends all the time and we, I want to practice yoga and we meditate and people think we're weird, right? It's when you get to that vibrational level where you no longer want to be eating all that toxic food and drinking all that beer because you want to live that healthy life. That's where the next step is. We start being around other inspiring people. And then they begin to raise you up. And then next thing you know, you're living at that higher level and you look around and everybody around you is always cheering you on and you're cheering each other on and you're just surrounded by people that are like your biggest champion. So that when you come across people, maybe don't agree with your view of life because you're living at that higher, vibration, uh, that higher vibrational level, you're no longer threatened. You're no longer in that fight or flight, no longer in that negativity. And then you're living that beautiful authentic, pure life where you're just like living your best version. That's how yeah, we do I love that. I love that, Michael. And, and you know, you, you definitely hit that with shutting the noise off and figuring out who's actually inside. Because with all those distractions, the social media, the news, the TV, the, the Netflix, the, uh, the, the alcohol, the porn, the, the, uh, the you know, the, the, the weed, all of that stuff, that's all to distract you from who you truly are. All those things are going to pull you further away from your true essence, right? Your true... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what's going to do. It's going to pull you away from those things and keep you disconnected. And during that time, you'll have people in your life that you'll see going in the direction you're talking about toward, you know, a more purposeful life. 
And you're going to be like, huh, I don't know if I like those people because I'm trying my hardest. And this was my story. I was trying to fit in with everybody. I was not the popular kid in school. I was in the marching band, right? I played the saxophone. That's how cool I was. I Girls never flocked to me. I had to work my ass off to get a date, right? All of those things. And I did whatever I could to fit in. I became a pleaser at that point just to fit in, right? And the problem was right. that was my, my number one objective was just not to be shunned or be put out. So I would do whatever it took to do that. The problem was that I was giving away my my gifts that God gave me, it, it, I was giving them away. I was doing whatever I could so I could fit in, right? Because my biggest fear was I'd be alone, right? That I'd be alone. So if that were the case, then, hey, if I just fit in and played this this game and just, you know, wore this, this cloak, this certain persona on the outside, then everything would be good and I'd fit in with everybody. So I did what they did and, and everything was good. And when I started to realize that that was not how I was going to get to my true purpose, my true purpose, and I was never going to get to where I wanted to go, and I was never going to get that feeling of joy and fulfillment in my soul by following the crowd that I had to stand out and move away from the crowd. To your point, finding mentors, finding people that were already there that would pull us there. That was a very interesting time of my life and still is as I make that transition over. Because I tell you, it can be lonely on this side because you don't have all the support of all of those vices, all of those things that keep you entertained, keep your, your brain you know, bouncing from shiny object to shiny object or scrolling through social media. Uh, all of a sudden now it's quiet and who are you without the noise? Who are you as a human being? What do you want out of life? If you don't have all those distractions, oftentimes we start businesses and we keep ourselves really busy because we're afraid of who the hell we are, or we're afraid to find out who we are. So we stay busy. So we never have to face ourselves. And if people get triggered by you, it's because it's a reflection of something in you that pisses them off about themselves, not about you. This has never been about you. If there's something that somebody says, you know what, I really hate the fact that you're so assertive. The reason why is because they wish they were more assertive. That's why they hate it in you. It's a mirror. That's the crazy part about well, this thing we call life. Well, remember, it's also on the other side too. When you don't like somebody, it's a trigger of something you don't like in yourself. 100%, dude. All right? Yes. It, you know... I think the biggest challenge I think people have is, and I'm, I will imagine it's at least half your audience, is in order for them to change, they have to surround themselves with like-minded people, right? This is what we were, we're, we're kind of like addressing. Like personal growth change to, is lonely. Unless you're lucky, lucky to be born into a family of like-minded, inspiring individuals that live a really good, positive life, most likely you're going to look around and you're going to want to improve your life. But everybody around you is staying the same. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to what we were talking about originally, we're group-oriented people. We like to belong to groups, right? Like think about it from the American political system, my side versus your side. Stupid, but it's because we're group oriented. And there's no reason why we have to think like that. But somehow that's where we're at in today's society is like we're at where one side is good and the other side is bad. And that's a silly, right? It's this idea. So like we have to understand that we are all together. We're all together. We are all the same, right? It's the idea of seeing the divine in each one of us. But moving back to the original conversation. So if we're group-oriented individuals. You're the average of the, the five people. Jim Rohn always said that, right? I love Jim Rohn. Yep. You're the average of the five people. Show me your bank account and I'll know, I'll know who what your friends have, right? So yep. true. So if you decide to go on that personal journey of growth, spiritual enlightenment, financial success, health, losing weight, exercising, maintaining a positive mindset, and your friends and family aren't those type of people either, and chances are, most likely, most of them are not, you're going to go through a lonely period. Or everybody around you thinks you're weird. I remember it happened to me for, for a better part of eight years, right? I went from working in New York City, 
corporate Wall Street, New York City, real estate finance and investment, to becoming a yoga teacher and then a life coach. I had to remake my entire life. Family thought I joined a cult at one point. Friends thought I was ruining my career because I didn't want to go out to the bars anymore and I quit my job. Everyone thought I was weird. But over the course of that time, there was probably like three or four years that I really didn't really have any really good friends. I was kind of alone all the time. My family kind of thought I was weird. When I got to the other side and I got to a place where I was able to financially support myself doing what I'm doing today as a life coach, I met my wife who I love and am happily married to. And I have good friends that I get to surround myself with. Everybody around me begins to come back and say, oh, I get it. Right now I see what you're trying to do. We all have to go through that period if for the most part, unless we're those rare few individuals where we're going to go through that period of loneliness. But if we keep working hard and we keep pushing forward and we keep trying to make our lives better, I promise you, and it might take you 10 years like it did for me, it might take you two years or it might take your entire life. You'll eventually get to that place where you're around other people that just light you up every day yeah dude i couldn't agree more and you said it's again so beautifully it was uh because that was exactly what my journey was too when i was the first in my family to do a lot of things right first to get a tattoo first to have multiple businesses first to travel abroad first to do everything right so it was very interesting to be you know coming from the same cloth of my family and then all of a sudden doing all these things and in the beginning like what like that's kind of strange i didn't see you doing that like you're not going to vaccinate your kids. Well, I don't know. That's, I don't know. Like, that's just weird. Like, and you're going to eat organic food. Why would you do that? And all of these different things. Right. And you get all the judgment because, and again, you just want to fit into that group because even as, as cave people, we wanted to be in groups because there was strength in numbers. We weren't as easily to pick off by right. the saber tooth tigers. Right. So we wanted to be, and plus we could help each other that way. So we're a communal uh, species that way. Uh, but thinking at the, of it in that level, when, you start making that change and you break away from the pack and you start saying, no, you know what? I, I don't choose that life. I'm not going to go out every Friday night and get totally loaded on Saturday night. We, I did that when I was a kid. Like that's what's what you do at that time of life. Like I'm going to break away from all that. The problem is that all those friends and those connections and those relationships that you hold so near and dear, they didn't stop doing that possibly, right? If they don't stop doing that, there's like a lure back into it. And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. And pretty soon you start to feel that aloneness, right? You start saying, you know what? no, actually, I want to start a business or I want to start doing new stuff in my life, but I have to now find a whole new group of friends. And that's tough, right? That can be a big reason why you don't try to move forward because you're like, look, if I got to find a whole new group of friends, why the hell would I even do it? And pretty soon you start feeling alone again, deep down, we don't want to feel alone. So with that being the case, we just stay with what we know. It's a lot easier to, to, to stay with the evil, you know, than to go out for the, the potential of the future, right? So going through that right. process of being alone, knowing you mentioned earlier about that we don't need to suffer. I actually disagree with that. I, I, I believe that during this time in your life, that suffering is a good part, right? Because you're letting What's go of pain? what was, right? And, and it's, you're letting go of what was, and now you're trying to discover who you truly are so that you can empower more human beings that way, right? Or whatever your, your game is, it's what is your bigger purpose? What are you trying to do? So in that quiet time away from all that chatter, like you mentioned earlier, that constant chatter, you can then finally get in. I find myself out in nature, and you mentioned that earlier, but out in nature, I just have the best conversations with God and myself because it's like I'm finally, all the noise is off. My phone doesn't work. I'm high in the mountains somewhere, and it's just me and a group or myself or a family, whatever it might be, but you just have time to be not distracted by those, those weapons of mass distraction. I love that, by the way. And uh, with yeah. that being the case, you finally get a chance to connect, and if you stop just for a moment and say, you know what? All right, I really want this. I really want what Michael and Joshua are talking about here. I want to have this purpose, this, this knowing inside of you that just doesn't go away. I didn't have that for most of my life, dude. I was drifting. I was bouncing. I was like a boat without an anchor tied to the ground. I was just moving around with the currents. And I finally understood what my purpose in life is, right? It's to end human suffering. It's to bring men specifically to Jesus Christ. That is my goal. That is my, and everything I do is in that, in that drive, in that direction. I do it a lot of different ways. That is my, my purpose in life. And with that, 
I then say, okay, everything else that doesn't push in that direction gets pushed away. And every possibility that, that there is for me to be able to help and push that forward, my answer is yes, let's figure this out, right? It helps you clarify is my bigger point. So regardless of what your purpose is, your purpose doesn't have to be my purpose and vice versa. The point is, once you have that clarity, that bouncing around, that feeling of drift that you have in your soul right now, wishing things made more sense becomes uber clear. So is it worth letting go of what was and going through the pain of alone in order to get to that point where you have a knowing and others, to your point, Michael, others then come back and they're like, wait a minute, the guy we were just making fun of, he's doing some really cool stuff. Next thing you know, they're like, hey, why are you doing that? They start getting curious. I've noticed that with tons of people in my life, right? The people that were laughing in the beginning or that I felt judged from, all of a sudden they're like, dude, so what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm gonna do this, can I come along? And all of a sudden, the people that were laughing at you are the ones now asking for the guidance because they see a shift in you because you now have this thing, this thing inside of you, this direction, this knowing, and they don't have that and they want that. So they they're asking you, how did you find it? But you've got to go through that time of disconnecting from all of what you know in order to find out who you are so you can get to that knowing. Well, you just live at a higher vibrational level, right? Like, I mean, like... When I was going through that really mass change where like there was a period where I was, you know, I was the success of my family. Like I had a, you know, graduate degree in real estate finance from NYU. I was working in the city. I had this like I had a great brownstone apartment overlooking the park and every, it was like a huge success on paper. But inside I was this miserable because mm. I worked 75 80 hours a week i mean like to pay for this life that i thought i was supposed to live and in order for me to do it i was doing you know i was getting doing you know three i was taking three 20 milligrams of adderall in the morning one at like lunch and one in the evening so i was taking 60 milligrams of adderall to function and then i was taking xanax and vicodin to like come down from like the speed i was on every night and the only reason why I'm, I'm alive is because I had really good health insurance. I lived in New York City. I had six doctors giving me prescriptions to both Adderall and Boclin and Vicodin and Xanax and, uh, and, and Percocets. And this was before Oxy, Oxycontin Oxy was around. So I never really got really addicted to, you know, pharmacology and I looked in the mirror one day and I didn't like the person looking back at me. And so I just started to go through this personal journey. The reason why that period of change was not hard for me in one aspect where I didn't suffer was because I knew that this idea was, and this is what uh, one of my teachers said to me, you're not happy today. The idea of change is going to not be a pleasant one either. But if you keep trying and you keep doing the work and you keep showing up, one day you will potentially get to a place where you find fulfillment. Mm -hmm. She did not say happiness. That's right. And so I knew that going into that, that I would always, if I kept doing the work, I'd one day find fulfillment. So that period of financial hardship where I quit my job mm -hmm. and that period of social isolation because the friends I had thought I was weird because I was, you know, not getting up and in, 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 I was getting up in the morning to, you know, meditate and I was going to uh, church on Sunday and I was going to a Buddhist temple on Tuesday and a Hindu mosque on Thursday studying spirituality and, re and religion and everyone thought it was really weird. My family didn't really understand what I was doing either and they thought I was joining different cults. I knew that if I kept doing the work, I would get to a place where I felt fulfilled. And so that period of loneliness I knew was just temporary. And so I didn't really like wallow in it. I embraced it. I knew that this was this the journey that I had to go on. Mm -hmm. And I never was trying to find happiness because happiness, as we touched on earlier, is this an emotion that comes and go. And I was more looking for fulfillment. And at one point my, in my life, my fulfillment was being a yoga teacher. Then COVID hit, no longer teaching yoga. 
right? So then my fulfillment became running an online coaching business, which I enjoy, but it's getting to a place now where I can't make any more money than I can. And I usually have the same conversations with the same people day in and day out. So it's getting to a place where it's fine, no longer bringing me the, the joy that it used to. So now I'm looking for the next thing. So the next thing for me is learning how to market and sell courses, right? That's going to be the next thing for me. And, and it's this idea that instead of looking for that, that fleeting emotion, it's to wake up and say, what is going to fill me today? Whether it's on one this weekend, because we have 15 people coming over our, our house next week for Thanksgiving, and then we're going to visit my parents afterwards in the Poconos, and then the following weekend is uh, my dad's birthday, and we have this, a marathon of family events over the next six weeks, which is exciting. So this weekend is my way to fill my bucket is watching movies, playing pickleball, and lounging around my house to energize my soul so that I have the energy for next week. And maybe in two months, my fulfillment is getting up and going to the gym for two hours. It's about asking me myself every day, is the action I'm doing making me feel like I'm fulfilled? Or is the action I'm doing taking away from me living my best life? And that's all I do every day. That's cool. No, it's nice that you can make that the you know, delineation there for sure. And, you know, so I'd like to full circle this around. And, you know, so we talked yeah. about purpose. We talked about a lot of different things today. And that's what I love about this podcast. You didn't get notes before this show. We just go into it. I have kind of an idea where I want to go based on the kind of stuff that you're really good at. And I want to, you know, go around. So let's full circle this for the listener. So if you're out there and you are, uh, you know, struggling with trying to find your purpose and you're willing to shut the distraction, the weapons of mass distraction off, your phone, mm -hmm. you know, one, one little thing that I've done lately is even with the clarity of, of what my purpose is, I find that since cell phones are designed to be so addictive that I become addicted to, you know, to scrolling and I'll find myself yeah. subconsciously opening it, turning like, right to the app, Facebook, Instagram, and I'm just scrolling. And, and I, I got sick of doing that because I asked myself a question, Michael, I said, why is it that I don't have enough time in a day to read as much mm -hmm. as I want to? right? I asked myself a question and I said, okay, well, the answer to that question is because you're filling it with other stuff. You're saying yes to something else, which means you have to say no to more reading and more education and growth. So I say, okay, if that's the case, then what am I doing that I can cut out? And I couldn't think of anything. I looked through my schedule. I'm like, man, if I cut all this stuff out, these podcasts, I go, it's not going to work. So I was like, okay, I just like, let's just put that on the burner, in the back burner. And let's see what happens. Well, the next day I get up in the morning and usually up between four and five, my clock just runs that way. I've never needed an alarm clock. I just get up in the morning and I start my day and I find myself within 20 minutes of waking up scrolling, right? Thinking about, oh, what am I going to post on Facebook today? And pretty soon it's like, not what am I going to post? It's 20 minutes of just my thumb moving, looking through everybody's life in inside, comparing all that stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute here. So then I looked at how much time that morning that I did that, it was almost an hour. And I'm like, wait a minute, what if I replace that hour with reading instead? There's no comparison that way. And at the same time, I can actually become educated as opposed to just becoming, I don't know, more uh, sponge-brained, I guess, <laughs> whatever, right? So I said, okay, what if tomorrow morning, since this morning has already started, what if tomorrow morning I don't even go on social media until 9 a.m.? I just make it a rule for myself that before 9 a.m., I don't go on social media and I shut it off an hour before I go to bed. I'm not saying no to it altogether or shutting it off completely. It is good to connect sure. with people. It's a beautiful thing, right? But it's about being purposeful. So what if I wait till 9 a.m. and then I can come on and take a look at it? I can still create posts in my notes app or whatever it might be and then post them later. That's fine. I mean, if, if the goal is to give, right, you can do that. But you don't have to have your Facebook app on for that. So I've made that a challenge. It's the third week now. And Michael, I couldn't be happier. There's days that I don't even want Damn to go man. on social media because I didn't start my day out with that crap. I said, you know what? No, I'm going to get up. The first thing I'm going to do is devote my morning to, to God and, and get connected back to source, right? Back to my God. And then from there, I'm going to start reading about how I can be a better husband. How can I be a better father? How can I be a better leader, right? And that's what I'm going to start my day out with every day so I can learn something new. And then from there, I'm going to spend time with my family as they get ready for school. And all of those things are going to be done. I'm going to go out and I'm going to work out. I'm going to do all of those things ahead of time. And then when I'm done with all of those things after nine o'clock, then I have the opportunity to take a look at social media if I want to. And that shift yeah. 
it now has weapons of mass distraction within a box. And again, if you're purposeful with anything, if you're, you, if someone says, look, I don't want to drink anymore because I can't control myself. I get that, right? But what's the, the likelihood in life of that opportunity coming up as a toast at a wedding or something else that is purposeful that you're going to miss out on, right? As you have the opportunity to be part of that event or that, that connection with somebody. And then to say, no, I'll never do it and make it a finite thing that'll be always that way or make it an absolute Life is going to come at you. You're going to fail because things are going to happen, right? So why not give yourself the grace and say, you know what? Yes, maybe today I'm not going to drink. Maybe tomorrow I won't either. And say, just get one day at a time. Just keep moving it forward, right? And if it's purposeful, like I don't smoke cigars, Michael, that's not my thing. But when I'm with my tribe and we're sitting around a fire and we're discussing man stuff, I'll have a cigar with a group. I'll do that once or twice a year, but I'm doing it purposefully. Right. So it's about being purposefully and not letting those things try to run your life is my bigger point in all of this. But so when it comes to the listeners out there that are saying, hey, you know what, I, I, I get it. I see that, uh, you know, I need to have a purpose. I really am just kind of a boat unmoored, kind of floating back and forth. What are some suggestions you can give them to find that, that simplest way that they can just start in that direction of discovering what that means for them after all those distractions are off? Simplest thing is every day you wake up in the morning. And you ask yourself this simple question, is the action I'm doing empowering me towards the goals and my ideal life? Or is the action I'm doing inhibiting me? Whether it's the food I eat, the programming I'm watching, or the things I do with my free time. When we ask ourselves that simple question, then we can begin to have that intelligent examination because although we like to think of ourselves as conscious, we are mostly functioning on habits, autopilot, yep. right? We wake up in the morning and we end our day 90% of the time on autopilot. We don't consciously choose the food that we eat. We don't consciously choose the music that we listen to. We don't consciously choose the program that we watch to relax. And so when we have those moments of clarity, those fleeting moments, those few times a day, you just ask that question, is this inhibiting me or empowering me? And if it's inhibiting you, then you put it down. If it's empowering you, you pull it in. And that's all we do. That's all I do. That's what I do every day. That's so great. And I'd love for you to talk into purpose and how it evolves, right? In the sense that when you start discovering your purpose, it might not be the, 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 the one right away. Like you're not going to be hit with not many people at least get hit with a bolt of lightning and say, I had no purpose. I was just kind of drifting through life. And all of a sudden, boom, found my purpose. I'm ready to go. Like maybe that happens for some, but I know my story was different where I would get a glimpse of what it could be. And then it would go back. I'd get a glimpse and then it would evolve. I would get a glimpse and it would grow. And I'd find that was the wrong way back up a little bit, go forward this way. That is much better based on that joint fulfillment model. Right? So how does that work with people trying to find it? Is there, is there areas where they're going to kind of get in the dead ends and have to back up? Are they going to find potholes or minefields? Or how, does that, how have you found that to be? Well, I think purpose is what gets us up in the morning and gives us the motivation to get out of bed and to do the things that we don't want to do with our lives. Right? Purpose can be as simple as I want to have a roof over my head and food on my table. Or it can be something more profound. It can be starting a podcast or starting a business. Or it can be as beautiful as just being a positive member of our community. Right? Purpose is what gets us up. Passion is what we do that drives us to be motivated in the moment. Our passions are allowed to change. Right? Our passions evolve. Our purpose is what get, keeps us going. Now, your audience might not know their purpose ever in life. A lot of times we don't. A lot of people never really figure out their purpose, and that's okay. It's just to understand that if you don't understand your purpose or don't know what that purpose is, to not worry about it and just to wake up every day and say to yourself, today is going to be a good day. And if your back is against a wall and you're down on your knees and you're praying to God for help, then you say to yourself, today's going to be a good day somehow. Because whatever is going on in your life, it's not going to last forever. 
and your purpose will or will not be revealed to you. That doesn't mean that you're not living a good life. Doesn't mean that you're not living a purposeful life. It doesn't mean that you're not going to live a fulfilled life. It's just if we just wake up every day with that mindset of it's going to be a good day. And then we ask ourselves this question. Who am I? How am I living a good life? How am I making the world better around me? And am I leaving the world better than I received it? If we do those things, the rest will be taken care of. It's as simple as that. That's great, Michael. I like that. Nice and simple. So listeners out there, if you have these questions or this episode has really landed on your heart, lean into it, right? Start this process of self-discovery. Start thinking about what life is really going to mean because the last thing you want to do is be sitting on your deathbed, looking back and having regret in your heart, saying, man, I wish I could have made a bigger impact for my kids' lives, my grandkids' lives. I wish I would have taken that risk. I wish I would have you know, decided to, to try that, that uh, opportunity. You, you never want to live with regret at the end of the, your life. I'm not saying go out there and be reckless. That's not my point. My point is dig deep and figure out what really drives you. Find that purpose and then put your energy towards. Start asking those great questions that Michael says, right? Start asking yourself each morning those questions. Make your decision around those things because once you have clarity of mind and clarity of heart, your confidence grows, your direction in life grows. You have a direct, you know, it's all of a sudden every day is exciting to get up. You know, when people say, I, I hate getting out of bed in the morning, I'm like, man, I can't wait. I'm tearing the sheets off myself in the morning. I can't wait to get up and get started in a day. And I know I'm strange at times with that, but my point is when you have a purpose deep in your soul and you know what it is, there's nothing that stops that. Like you can't get enough of it. And it's the thing that fulfills the joy and that fulfillment inside of you. It keeps filling that bucket just because you're doing what you do. So the reason why I wanted to have Michael on here is because I wanted you guys to really start thinking a lot more about that purpose side of life. And if you, again, if you feel yourself just kind of drifting, maybe it's time to slow down. Maybe it's time to take a, a weekend just by yourself out in the mountains somewhere and just start asking those questions where you have no distraction and just take a journal with you and sit back and just start writing down what life could look like for you and start thinking about what gets you excited. I like when people ask me about purpose, I say, you know, they say, well, I don't really know what I love to do. I don't really know my purpose. I said, well, you know what? What would you do if money wasn't an object and you could do it every day and it brings you joy and you just lose track of time? Think in your life of things you do that really light you up and you wouldn't even give a shit if you got paid for it. It could be shopping. It could be talking. It could be serving other people. It could be a myriad of other things. Think about that. What would you absolutely have no problem doing even if you didn't get paid and you could do it all the time? You lose track of time while you're doing it. That's a direction at this point. That's a starting point. Start thinking about how you can add massive value in those areas. And your purpose is somewhere in there. It's somewhere in there. The reason why you'll do it for free and you totally lose track of time is because you're truly in the flow state. You're truly in that. So that'll be the playground where you'll find some of those, that information. Did you find that to be true, Michael? Yeah. I, I like, like I said, I like to keep things simple. We have this tendency to make things too complicated, right? We have the tendency to like try to be searching for things. It's always this focus on the basics. Look for the answers in the simplicity. Follow your heart and just wake up every day and say, today's going to be a good day. And if it's not, it's going to be a good day somehow. That's right. You'll find it. Even when you're, you know, going, even when you have to go to a funeral or you're fighting with your partner or you lost your job or you're dealing with a health issue. Somehow, it still can be a good day. Somehow. Maybe a kind so, word. Yeah, exactly. Good act, Random act of kindness is always a great way to line it up, too, with other people. And uh, I mean, I can go on for hours with you talking about this. Michael, so how can people find you, um, you know, that are Simply, excited about what you're just, talking about? You just go to my website, elevatelifeproject.com. My website's there. My blog's there. My coaching videos are there. My quiz on finding your life purpose, which is not what people think it is. It's more about whether you're, you know, more of an energetic answer. Uh, so that's where you can find me. And that's where all my information is. I love it. Michael, thank you for coming on today and sharing your, uh, you know, your, the work you've been doing and how you've been changing people's lives. I love and respect what you're doing. And that's why I wanted to have you on here. So thank you for coming on. 
Joshua, thank you for having me on. It's been a great hour. Like, super fun. It went by fast. It sure did, for sure. So listeners out there, if you got a lot from this episode, um, think about it. Who else in your life could find value in what we've just been talking about for the last hour? So I challenge you to think about that. Who else in your life could benefit from this? And if you think of somebody, send them a link. It's free. You never know where the spoken word, uh, what that's going to do for somebody else. You never know if someone's just holding on they're one day saying, man, I don't know if I can make it through. And somebody does something nice. And then all of a sudden they say, maybe I'll give it one more day. Maybe I'll try one more time. And that's the one that breaks all the walls down and puts them on a, a trajectory of nothing but greatness. That could be you. That could be you that helps them get there. So whether it's this podcast or something else, anything, just think about others. It's going to be quite amazing and it's going to empower you on your journey. So guys, until I talk to you next week, have fun. Have fun.